You're listening to a podcast from Oasis Church Bath. To find out more about us, visit our website at www.oasisbath.org. Um, my name is Ian. I'm the assistant church leader here. My pronouns are he, him, and I have a wonderful team, uh, part of which are on the stage here this morning. Um, so I'm going to ask uh, Joe, Lee and Rob to introduce themselves. Yeah, hi everyone. I'm Joe. I'm the hub leader here. So uh, my job is to oversee everything that Oasis does in this area. And part of that is to lead the church along t- alongside some lovely other people. Uh, yeah, so I'm Lee. I'm part of that same church steering group. So we help to shape who we are, what we do, all of those sorts of things. Um, and I guess one of the main areas I'm responsible for is worship, which may or may not mean the same to me as it does to you. And hopefully we can explore that a bit more this morning. Yeah, uh, I'm Rob. I'm also part of the uh, church steering group here, and uh, I'm also the church secretary. (laughs) (laughs) We are very grateful that Rob has taken that role on. (laughs) I like that Rob gets the ooh. (laughs) That's great. Thank you very much for joining us today on Sofala Sunday and um, for the conversation that we're about to have. Um, Over the last few weeks, we've been um, having the theme of um, what's on our mind, uh, what's on your mind. And the idea is that we've been able to uh, have some conversations about particular um, areas that are significant to the person who is doing the conversation, leading the conversation. But the nice thing is how well they've tied in over the last few weeks, and not necessarily by design, um, but, uh, but how, it's just, how it's just worked out. So Joe led us on a theme of um, reimagining um, a few weeks ago, and that led on to the service last week when we talked about uh, inclusive language and our use of language, particularly when we're referring to God. Um, so that was an interesting link um, that, that those two tie together so well. And then I think there's a natural progression onto today's gathering as well. Um, when we're talking about worship and um, all the aspects of worship that we have here as a church and maybe we've experienced in the past as well. We do worship in different ways in this church and we'll move on to that um, as we go through the morning. But I'm going to ask first of all Joe. Um, we come together on Sunday mornings, we gather together on this Sunday morning. Let's face it, uh, Sunday morning is not always the most convenient time for everybody. Um, there's other things that you could be doing on a Sunday morning, um, but for some reason we choose to gather together on a Sunday morning here. Why? Why do we choose to worship? Why? <laughs> Um, yeah, lots of reasons, I think. I thought it might be helpful to, um, for those that have been part of the church for a while, you might remember that during COVID, when we kind of couldn't meet together, um, and we were doing we were doing online streaming stuff, weren't we, Facebook, and then it became YouTube and whatever else. But um, we asked the question of why do we do that? So we did a whole series where we explored different elements of church, sort of recognising that COVID gave us this really unique opportunity to actually not just go through the motions and do the stuff that we'd always done, but kind of when COVID was over, to sort of explore what are the things that we really value value that we've missed that we want to do or start again and what are the things that actually it's been quite nice not to do or that we you know we feel like we need to rethink a little bit and we did we did ask that question about Sundays um and you know why do we meet together I think was that was the sort of title and I think I know you know really I think our focus this morning is probably on kind of sung worship or the slot in the in the gathering that that is kind of called worship and there's lots of questions I have even around that and what you know what we define as worship but I think we come together on Sundays uh, for lots of different reasons for me I think 
and that's one of the reasons why I explain, you know, the kind of why do we do that thing. It, it came out of that, of, re- of me remembering, okay, this is actually why we do Sundays and why Sundays are really important. And I think, you know, we're not particularly what I would call a Sunday-centric church, so we have Sunday gatherings and we see the importance of them, but we also do a lot in the week. Um, and for me, Sundays are kind of the, the fuel or the, the thing that then kind of sends you out to do you know the real worship actually and so there's everything that we do in life is is worship you know the jobs that we have the caring responsibilities that we have the people that we are you know everywhere we go and um, but I think Sundays are part of what equips us um, to do those things to be those people and so I think it's kind of like a metaphor when we come together on Sunday it's it's our way of saying you know we're part of this we're part of this bigger thing we're part of this community and this collective and so we've chosen to kind of symbolize that by showing up on Sundays and there's something so important about um, that physical act of I'm going to show up I'm going to be here um, and all that that then enables in terms of the relationships the community that we have and the community pro- community projects that we do it in the week so I think it's it's a kind of a, um, a symbol a metaphor and then hopefully there's some practical things that happen on a Sunday that also help us in our lives that help us form relationships help us help each other um so yeah lots of lots of different reasons i kind of maybe see it as a bit of a if you think of it as like a a, like breath we talked about breath prayers recently we've been using those a little bit but i like the idea of kind of the sunday and then the rest of the week almost being like in relationship you know there's a breathing in that we do on a sunday we kind of you know whether that's the conversations we have with each other or what we what we reflect or you know a kind of experience of god that we kind of breathe that in so that we can then go out um, in the week and do all the other things that we do which are yeah just as much worship as anything that we sort of do on a sunday um, yeah. Thank you. Rob or Lee, do you want to add anything to that? Why do you come on a Sunday morning? What's the, what's the reason for getting out of bed and being here on a Sunday morning? I think it reminds us that we are uh, a Christian community. Uh, I think that's sort of part of it as well. I think it kind of gives us, it is, I think there is something symbolic about it. And we kind of, un- we're understanding that probably in quite a lot of different ways. And some of us trying to figure out what that means, even to, to use that label. But I think there's just something about sort of reminding us that for all that we're doing, we're seeking in some way to, to be following Jesus and to be directing our attention to God. And so I think, yeah, there's that, that kind of making a statement almost and a reminder to one another of, of our identity, of who we are, I think. That leads nicely on. You've touched on it a little bit there. What, what, what do we think worship actually is? What's the purpose of worship? Uh, I think for me, I think worship is about our response to God. And I think it's about, um, yeah, I think worship helps us to, to sort of reminds us that we're not the centre of the universe. <laughs> I think there's something really important about that. Um, I think there's something that uh, it, it kind of gives rise to uh, gratitude and thanksgiving. I think there's something really important about that, about recognising there's a there's a bit in, um, in Deuteronomy that I was sort of, came to mind when I was thinking about this, so the people of Israel are about to go into the promised land and, you know, um, through, um, you know, Moses sort of says to the people in Deuteronomy, when you settle in your lands and you prosper and things are going well for you, don't say, look at what I've achieved, basically, look what my hands have achieved, don't forget who got you here, don't forget who, say, you know, rescued you from Israel. And I think there's something important about that in terms of just acknowledging something other than ourselves and, and beyond us. Um, so I think there's that, that, for me, worship at the heart of it really is, is this kind of idea of response uh, to God. 
Uh, it starts with him. Uh, it starts with, with you know, the, the reality of God, however we are understanding that. And then it's, it's about us responding to that um, in, in various ways. But I think it's this kind of element of response to God is, is for me, is the sort of heart of worship. I think for me, it's just us, the opportunity for us to give ourselves to back to God and whatever's going on in our heads. I think there's a real danger when we, go, when we come into a time of worship, as it were, that we're expecting God to speak to us and God to make us feel something amazing. I think actually worship is more about us going, here I am, God. This is what's on my mind. This is what I've got. Um, and that means that you worship during grief. It looks really different when times are really good, but you just go, God, this is horrendous. And I don't know how I'm going to hold on. And sometimes it is you're just clinging on and it feels like you're clinging on with the edges of your fingertips. But it is that opportunity to go, but you are God. And it's a, whether we're in good times or bad times, I think is an opportunity to remind us that, okay, so what is God? Is he, He's bigger than us, whatever's going on in our situation. And I think that means that it's not about our words. It's actually more often about our deeds. It's often the sacrificial, I think, sometimes. And I think for me, if I'm honest, sometimes being here on a Sunday is a sacrifice. It definitely is for my boys, asking them to get up and be here for quarter past nine is asking a lot, I think, sometimes. And I think it's about, but we choose to do that because we feel like we want to be a part of this community. But it is about, this is what we've got, God. And sometimes it feels like a lot and sometimes it feels like absolutely nothing. But it all means the same, I think, to God. So in this case, <laughs> we, all seem to see, we all see the value of worship and the reason why we're here on a Sunday morning. So why are we even having this conversation? Um, if it's a given that worship is significant to us all, why do we need to have a conversation and consider our worship? Um, I think because we want to think about actually what is worship, I think we recognise that it can be boiled down to something quite narrow. I think there's a sense that we have this one-size-fits-all and this is what worship looks like. I think if I'm honest, in our setting, there's... Uh, there's a need to be thinking about it because if we rely on singing, then you just get me quite often, and that isn't necessarily the best expression um, for me or for you guys. And I think it's about trying to think, okay, God, if we believe he's bigger than we think you are, what does that look like in everything we do? Um, and I think particularly on a Sunday, we want it to be relevant. We want it to be something that actually is meaningful. I think going back to what Joe said during COVID, it really struck me when we talked about why do we sing? Some people were like... I don't, it's really exclusive. I find it really hard. I don't feel like... When I see other people raising their hands and I don't feel the need to do that, where does that leave me? And that really challenged me. Um, and some people just flat out don't like singing. And that's kind of fair enough. And I've probably got a number of those in my family. And so it's like, OK, so if singing isn't it, what is it? But not wanting to throw it out for the sake of it either. Yeah, um, I think we... You know, we talked a lot in the last few weeks, we talked about reimagining, you know, what is it? If lots of us here that have kind of come through difficult faith experiences or would use the word deconstruction and, you know, almost what comes next. And I think, I think we ask this question, it's important to ask this question because very often I think when you've been through those kinds of experiences, you recognise that maybe worship isn't what you thought that it was, but then you can't actually figure out what it is, you know. Um, so I think the conversation is important because, you know, here, yeah, we're, we're, many of us would, would relate um, to the term deconstruction we've been through that we've asked big questions but we're also really passionate about reimagining and going okay if it's not this then what is it so I think part of this is what is that conversation so it's important to have and I think I think also that there's um, I think there is something about what does it look like for us as a community and sort of following on from what Lee was saying I think 
a lot of churches kind of make the mistake of thinking, well, this is this is what churches do, and therefore this is what we must do. So we must have our kids' program, we must have our midweek program, we must do X, Y, and Z. Must meet twice on a Sunday, perhaps. We must have singing. We must have someone doing a talk. Uh, and you can tie yourself up in knots trying to replicate, and um, particularly if you're trying to replicate what you've seen in another big church down the road or whatever, you know, and you're a smaller community. So I think there's something about asking that question, what does it look like for us um, in terms of what, what resources do we have? You know, what, what can we bring to this? And, and you know, as Lee said, we, we sort of struggle at the moment for, for sort of musicians and those that are confident in leading worship. Um, but that's okay because we're rich in other ways. And so I think it's about tapping into those other riches then and saying, well, let's, let's create worship which reflects who we are as a community rather than what we think some sort of off-the-shelf model of church should look like. It's also quite important, isn't it, that we don't throw the baby out completely with the bathwater, as the phrase goes, um, because singing is... I mean, it, it's good for us, isn't it? I mean, a lot, a lot of people sing for recreation. Um, rock choirs and things like that are quite in at the moment, so people enjoy singing together. Um, if you go to a football match, um, then chanting or singing on the terraces is, um, yeah, is, is, is a big thing and, and encouraged. Um, so singing makes us feel good, doesn't it? Okay, yeah, I think, I think for some of us it does. Uh, I think for others it doesn't, but I think if we look around in wider society, Choirs are seemingly on the are growing. There's a lot of link with choirs and mental health, um, choirs and physical health, helping people to deal with their uh, physical illnesses. I think um, there are two occasions when seeing mass singing has made a huge impact on me, and I have it wasn't it was me watching on as an spectator, and it was um, just after Floyd George Floyd's death, and seeing a group of a community just walking down a street uh, in protest, just singing Waymaker. And that was profound to me because I was like, how are you calling out to God? How are you singing praise to God when you're living that experience? But that was their choice. And I found that that was that community just coming together and using the same words and just being able to join together, I guess, but also calling out to God going, we need you to be working miracles because this is beyond us. Um, and seeing the Welsh football fans singing the song that I'm not going to pronounce. But again, that was really profound, just seeing all these majority, I guess, of men but just seeing this mass group of people singing their hearts out, for me, was a really spiritual moment. And I think it's recognising that, um, for me, I guess I interpret it as, is that's an act of worship, whoever they recognise they're worshipping, but it's that sense they're giving their all to something and they are crying out, whether it's their praise or their heartfelt pleas, for me, just shows how important singing collectively can be. Yeah, um, I mean, I think in my own sort of <coughs> deconstruction journey, I think, you know, worship is something I've thought a lot about, almost like, okay, what... And I can definitely say, like, what I don't think it is <laughs> and also what it shouldn't be. And I think I my own experience is one that's come very much from sort of a, the type of church where, like, you know, God at some point was not in the room um, and then, like, people would start singing or invite God into the room and God would be like, oh... I'm needed, off I go, and then would suddenly show up and do things like when they weren't before. And I just, 
that's so problematic for me in so many different ways and I think you know when and it kind of comes back to this sort of even comes back I think to this sort of sacred secular divide that we kind of see you know God as not somewhere and something of, as not being holy or able to reflect who God is and then other stuff that sort of is so I think it, it becomes dangerous when we see worship as like the point where God suddenly shows up and for me God is able to show God is present all the time everywhere and everything through everyone if we can have the awareness and the recognition to, to spot that and actually for me where my journey's led me to more is is about noticing God at work in the present moment in everything and and so to flip that around that can be singing songs in a worship service on a Sunday um, but it can also be like walking down the street it can be sitting in my garden it can be whatever for you that it is but it's about expectation it's about noticing it's about awareness um, and I think we probably need to do a little bit more to sort of not despiritualize worship but kind of almost demystify it and not um, see it as this big thing with loads of hype and um, you know that but it's still yeah that is that tension between the two isn't it it's still something that has power that has um, yeah and I, th- I very much agree with what Lee was saying you know just but for me like looking at the, you know the, the impact on people's mental health so it's saying that I'd read something about how like singers so people that sing regularly have um less cortisol in their bodies which is the the, like stress hormone so just even the impact like physiologically on our nervous system you know and recognizing that none of that is secular or not theological that's all god that's all you know it's the same thing when we're talking about mental health or, or our nervous systems or how our bodies are made god is as much involved in that as as he is when we're talking explicitly about a theological viewpoint on what worship is or what what something says in the bible so I think let's recognise all of that as holy and good and you know if there's if there's a kind of if there's a benefit in singing God isn't separate to that you know he already is aware of that so yeah if if we kind of we look at these things like you know it's and and the thing is protest as solidarity as you know sometimes I've stood there and I'm like I'm not singing that I can't sing that but people singing it over me singing it for me for when I can sing it for myself again there's such power in that you know if all you can do is sit there and let others sing that stuff you know on your behalf then you know it's it's that solidarity that collective community and yeah and 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 protest I think is a really important part of, of you know so if you look at some of the history of you know even even um the, the sort of the, the slavery movement anti-slavery movement and how you know singing and was was such an, a powerful form of solidarity and protest and um yeah it's not my area but reading things about that there's there was something something power in expressing that expressing and and i think it's declaration isn't it you know sometimes we we stand here together and we declare the things that we think um we say who we are we express our values and there's power in that there's you know it's reminding us who we are and who god is and what we believe about ourselves and about the world so yeah I'm definitely um I've been surprised how I've kind of like come out in defense of singing in that like you know I I like singing I don't you know I can sing I don't you know I'm not a worship leader but you know I've not ever disliked it for me it's not a difficult thing um but equally I've found lots of other power and meaning in other forms of worship you know I really love like anything visual I'm a real visual person so anything like meditations I really like that those sorts of things I find the sort of contemplative stuff as I get older is is more for me where but you know I can recognize all this power in in like how what singing can achieve for us what it does and there is a practical sense where, you know, when you've got to organise something, you know, on a weekly basis, you know, actually, to be honest, picking some songs and then singing them is quite a practical, 
an easy way to, you know, and, and, and you know, we're, we're, we're growing as a church, which is great, and we do have some great people around us, but historically we've not always, you know, and musically we're still struggling. We don't have loads and loads of people that are offering to, like, create all these different types of worship. Sometimes, you know, there's just a practical thing where most people can sing, um, most people can join join in in some way, and actually, even if you can't sing, I think there are other ways you can participate. So if you're if you're able to stand with people, that's a good way of showing that you're joining in. You know, if you're even just you mouthing the words, if you can't sing or you're thinking, reflecting on what the words mean, I think there's usually a way that people can participate, even if singing, yeah, isn't their thing. I love the idea that worship is um, quite holistic and, and is, is more than just what we do on a Sunday morning. That's it's part of everything we do in our lives, um, and we find uh, inspiration in, in different areas of our lives that we can we can worship with. I, I love that that there's that, that sort of sacred secular divide doesn't need to be there in the way that perhaps it has um, been considered in the past. And I, I personally liked last week. I don't know if you enjoyed it or how it challenged you, but we um, we we used um, a song from the Greatest Showman last week as part of our worship. Um, and so that question about you know that 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 secular sacred divide i'm not sure that quite works for me in the same way i think god is present in 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 all aspects of our lives um so thank you joe that was really helpful um so if all this is important to us we do worship in different ways on a sunday morning as you know sometimes we sing sometimes we don't um if all this is important to us if singing is still important to us what are the challenges we face as a progressive theology church we talk about being progressive theology church here Um, what are the challenges that we face when it comes to sung worship if Rob or Joe perhaps want to take that one. Um, I think, um, yeah, I think one of the challenges is um, in terms of sort of deconstruction, although I, I think that Joe made a good point that it, it's not necessarily the most helpful way of talking about a journey of faith um, and a journey of exploration and, and questioning. But um, I think it's very easy to sort of, to, to kind of want to leave everything behind. And I think because... Um, Certainly, if we've sort of grown up in church, then singing and and sort of music has been a big part of of that experience. And I think um, sometimes there's a sort of sense of feeling like I've moved on from that, all of that, including worship and singing and and stuff. So I think there's that's one of the challenges: is how how do we how do we reimagine it? How do we kind of say, okay, let's can we? can I still kind of hold on to some of the important principles around that without having to then feel like I've got to necessarily go back? And, and for some of us, those past experiences can be very painful. So there's, there's, there's almost a trauma around music and singing and certain sorts of songs and certain sorts of experiences. So, you know, I think we, we sort of recognise that as well, that, that it's not always easy to kind of figure out what that looks like. But I think what we're wanting to say here is that there's something really important we do want to hold on to. Um, last, last week we talked about language, particularly when it comes to referring to God. Um, there's a, there is a, a significant link here um, in terms of language. Um, so as a progressive church, um, how does language affect the songs that we sing? How does, how does that make a difference to us? And how do, we, how do we grapple with that difference when sometimes the language might not represent our progressive theology? I feel like you're looking at me, which is... Um, Just threw that one in. I'll be honest, this is something that we really struggle with. And we've um, debated in church steering group about um, songs and where which songs is it all right to sing if we don't necessarily agree with the church theology of the person that's released the song or the church that's released the song. Do we, do we still sing it? Don't we still sing it? Are we adding to their coffers when they've got more than they should have or whatever? Um, 
And that's all around language of songs, and I think, and also the, I guess, the intention. And I think we sort of, our conclusion around that is like, God is bigger than an individual, and none of us are right, and none of us are, have got everything right, and none of us are in the right, you know, 100% in the right minds when we do anything. And so take those songs, we try to look at the words and go, are they helpful? Do they help us engage with God? Do they express something that we agree with and we try to ignore who's written it to be honest it's like if it's if it's helpful to god it's helpful to god and god will deal with the people just like he deals with me every day um and i think so we're trying to be mindful but not uh not get hung up on the minute eye of the words but i think we do we do look at the words and we do like if we sing a song then it's gone through church steering group and people that know much more about theology than me um do check them it's the ways of making sure that we're singing songs that we don't believe are going to cause more harm because that's the last thing we want to do um joe's probably got more to say than i have no not that. <laughs> um, no, I, th- I think it's. I think one of the challenges is also about how you know we. One of the things we say, well, we've got a progressive theology. I think one of the, for me, the key expressions of that in a healthy church community is is welcoming and celebrating difference and diversity. So you know, one song somebody might love that and want to sing it and agree with all the words, but that might be a really difficult song for somebody else. And I love the diversity we've got in this community and and theologically I think there is a diversity in terms of what people think and and believe and that's a good thing but when you're then trying to do something all together um that reflects you know what how does how does that look so I think that's a challenge for us um you know how do we kind of choose songs that reflect our values and reflect our theology but also then not be prescriptive with that that everybody else has to believe those exact things because I think that's probably what we're trying to I hope we're trying to move away from a little bit I think words and the language in songs is quite significant for me personally because um, um, they are words that we get in our heads um, and we find ourselves singing them over and over again. And I think often that those, it's those words that we sing that we probably remember more than, um, sorry for those of you who lead talks, um, but probably more than the talks that are, are delivered. We, we, the, the, because we sing them, those words resonate and go over and over again in our heads. So I think it, it's important that we do consider um, the songs that we sing and the language that we use because that's the tape that plays through the week and, and influences other things for us. Um, so we're going to do a bit of an exercise now um, so that it's not just us speaking from the front. Um, and um, we're going to invite you to have a conversation on your tables um, around the, some song lyrics which you'll find on your tables. Um, there is a traditional hymn there in terms of Amazing Grace um, and there are three more contemporary songs on the table there as well at different ages. Um, and what we want you to do is, if you can put the questions up for us on the um, screen if that's okay. Um, so what we want you to do is to consider these questions with relation to those songs. So what words and phrases do you like? What words and phrases do you dislike or do you find challenging? And could you sing this song even if you don't like all the words and phrases? So could you sing this song or is this song too much for you and actually this is something that you wouldn't really want to be, to be singing? So those are three questions we're asking. I would ask to be, you to be sensitive, or I know you will be anyway, but to be sensitive to the pe- other people on your table um, because we are a diverse community and therefore our views might not be somebody else's views and it's important that we watch out for that as well. Um, so um, those three, like, three questions... Uh, relating to the four songs that you've got there. You can um, choose one or two of those songs if you like, or choose all four if you've got the time to do so. 
um, and just ask those questions of it and, and uh, see where you're going. You can be honest with each other, but like I say, be sensitive with each other as well. Um, and do feel free to go and recharge your, your mug as well um, at this point. And uh, we'll gather together and gather some thoughts. Um, if somebody might want to feedback some of the things from the tables, that would be good. Um, we'll gather together in that way in about um, 15 minutes' time. Once again, it's good to hear the buzz around the room and um, to, ha to uh, have conversations about these topics. It's really good to do that. Though, like I said before, there will be a diverse view in the, in the room about worship and how we worship and what worship is and the songs that we sing, the words that we use. And we know that and we recognise that and that's why we deliberately have different styles of worship on different Sundays because we know not everybody learns and thinks and works in the same way. Um, so it's important that we, we respect that diversity of in the room. So uh, thank you for your consideration of each other in that exercise. Um, I am going to uh, ask for a little bit of feedback. I'm going to ask you to keep it brief if that's okay so we can hear from a few people um, about the songs that you had there and um, those particular questions. Um, so just a brief comment from uh, each of the tables if you would like to and um, Lee will come around with a microphone to, to hear some of the comments about some of the songs. Uh, the phrases that you liked, the phrase that you didn't like, uh, there might be some commonality between the songs, um, ones you found challenging, and uh, could you, can you sing songs even if you don't agree completely with the theology within them? Is it still possible to sing them? Who's going to go first? It's always brave to be the first person, isn't it? If you don't volunteer, you might get picked on. <laughs> um, very briefly, we started talking about Amazing Grace, that's the first one we picked up on. And you were saying that it very much resonated with you, didn't it, at a certain point in time. And then we would, but we were just also questioning like the word wretch and, and, and saying it was a very personal, someone's very personal experience and not sure how we felt about, you know, that's one word. How, how would we feel about that? Interestingly, I'm going to dip in here for a moment. Interestingly, when it comes to Amazing Grace, um, that's an interesting one about looking at the context of the song as well. Um, because some of you may or may not know that Amazing Grace was written by John Newton um, and his reflection on the slave trade um, and his involvement in the slave trade um, and then his experience of um, coming to faith um, and actually the challenge that that was when he came to faith with regards to the, his past involvement in the slave trade. Um, and so when you start to read the words in that light, suddenly you see them differently. This is a personal cry to him saying, um, you know, thank you, God, for saving me. I, I, I'm a, I feel quite wretched, um, a wretch like me for the, all, the, all the stuff I've done. Um, so, yeah, so does, does context make a difference um, when we sing them? If we sing them um, in a different and understanding some of the context, that, that can help as well. Yeah, thank you. Um, I guess we, we talked a little bit about like how um, if you're looking at a painting in a gallery of a sunrise actually it's a similar sort of thing because words have limitations and actually no words if you've got all the collection of words together to describe something it would never describe something so using that as a basis actually you know a song or a collection of lyrics or words is only ever like a snapshot of something um, and in that way is that a helpful thing because actually you know you don't have to lock yourself down into liking it it could just be for that moment and it does the job was it Jess did you want to say anything else? Okay. 
Brilliant, love that. Thank Excellent, you. Excellent, thank you. Anybody else willing to say anything about uh, what you discussed on your tables here? Yeah, John over there. Oh. Yeah, I'm not sure if John was volunteering or if Matthew was volunteering him. Matthew but, uh, was volunteering me. Um, so we talked about a lot of things. We talked about um, actually who wrote the songs and going back to, I suppose, the John Newton point about do you throw out what they wrote because of who they are? So we had, you know, Hillsong example. Um, there was Bethel as well. Bethel who support Trump. I don't think everyone saw that image, that photo at the White House where lots of worship leaders were all around Trump, like, being sycophantic and made you want to puke. But, um, <laughs> but do you do, because they did that, you know, does that mean that, you know, we can't sing any of their songs? Not that that would not be a personal thing, but, um, but I think, yeah, we, we sort of talked about actually, you know, we're all flawed and it comes back to sort of John Newton and that sort of thing, that actually, you know, you can't just not sing something because that you don't necessarily agree with where they are now, what they did then. Depends on what it is, obviously, but I'll wrap up, yeah. So, uh, that was Thanks. it. Thanks, John. <laughs> We're just taking that question as well, and just leading with whoever's doing the next one, actually, but the, what, what phrases did you dislike or find challenging on the tables? Were there phrases in there that you thought that, that grated with you? I'll be honest, there was for me. Um, so, um, did anybody have any thoughts on that, Rob? On our table, we were just talking about um, sort of theology of the cross and how, you know, in quite a lot of progressive sort of theology, that, that's a real kind of touch point, I think, in terms of people rethinking things. Um, and so language that sort of references the cross can make us feel like, uh, I'm not quite sure what to make of this. Um, it's not that we kind of read something and think, oh, yeah, I really don't like that phrase. It's just like, I'm not quite sure, Does, is, this, is this okay? I, I think it's just an area where a lot of people are sort of questioning and, and probably a lot of people have rejected certain understandings of what the cross is about, but without then coming to a, a kind of clear understanding of what we do think it's about. And so, so I think we, we sort of recognise that language which references the cross can be just difficult just because we're not quite sure what we think about it and what it's saying and whether it, it is something that we kind of agree with, so. Thank you, that's helpful, Rob, thank you. Any last comments? Um, just keep, make sure there's nobody's been missed out, thank you. One thing that um, I mentioned at the start is um, my great appreciation for the additional music that is played that they kind of decide on at the back either when we're having a time of reflection or at the start or at the end. Actually, for a, a lot of the time, that is just beautiful and it's just right. Sometimes it has lyrics, sometimes it doesn't, but it just helps to kind of create a real sense of togetherness and God, and uh, I really do appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you for your input, everybody, and thank you for getting involved in that way. I mean, there, are, there are clearly words in the songs which um, I find problematic, if I'm honest with you. Um, so things like talking about the blood and uh, shed for me and, uh, and the images of battle and those sort of things, um, uh, that, that, if I'm honest, I find challenging in some of those, those words. I mean, this is my personal take. I'm not saying that it has to be the same for everybody else. Um, and the whole triumph thing and the whole, it, it, that, that, that for me is a bit of a, a, a trigger. 
um, and um, and they sometimes feeling like we're you know that we 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 are lower than low um, and we're hopeless and, and that that sort of thing I think is oh actually do I want to be saying that that we're hopeless um, because I don't think we are <laughs> I think there's good in all of us we've talked about original goodness in this in the service so I think we we are. Um, inherently good people um, and therefore so singing constantly about how bad we are and how rubbish we are um, um, I find problematic as well so it's, it's interesting when we look at songs and, and how we and how we um, resonate with those those songs so thank you for taking part in that exercise um, just going to ask the the panel <laughs> the sofaless people um, a couple of last questions just before we finish We've talked about our progressive theology here and what that means to us. We talked about progressive theology in the past here as well. Um, how can we reimagine worship um, as a progressive church? <laughs> you tell us. <laughs> um, I think I think one of the most exciting things about that is we're doing that together. So you know, first of all, let's reimagine it by not saying that we, as the church doing group, will do it all for you and tell you this is now what worship looks like. You know, that we're we're a community of people we're figuring it out together, and that's very much, you know, our Baptist tradition, isn't it? We all get a say in this. We all get to to take part and figure it out. Um, yeah. So I think we'll keep experimenting. I think experimenting is a big part of it. Like we'll just try some stuff and sometimes it'll work, sometimes it will really suck. Some people will think it's amazing and others will think, and that's always like a hilarious thing about Sunday, isn't it? So you'll, you'll like plan an, you know, a worship reflection or something and you'll get like in the same Sunday, you'll get somebody that was like, I just didn't connect with that at all. I'm never coming again. And then you'll get like someone else that was like, that was the best thing ever. And God said all this stuff to me. And, and so I think let's embrace the diversity that we have as a community, understanding that we need to try different things to reach different people, to resonate with different people. So on the Sundays where there's something that doesn't connect with you at all, rejoice because there'll be somebody else that is really impactful and meaningful to. <laughs> so yeah, understanding that our worship is going to be experimental, it's going to be different, it's going to maybe be a bit risky. Let's take some risks, let's try some new things. Um, and the last thing I say, <laughs> I think let's let's bin some of our previous concepts of you know, God doesn't suddenly show up when we have this predefined 15 minutes of worship. Um, God's already there. God isn't some egomaniac who, you know, desperately needs us to worship him to make himself feel good. Like, I just don't think that um, maybe people who have different views on it, but that's not something I think is, is true. So I think understanding that not feeling guilty, you know, if you can't sing the, the words because of where you're at in life, don't sing them. Let others sing them on your behalf. And um, yeah, I think let's give ourselves a bit of a break and not put too much expectation. But at the same time, let's also <laughs> try, let's participate, let's understand that when we show up, um, you know, whether that's live stream or in person you know that that we have a role to play and we have a choice to make and that everybody can be part of it and, and participate um i said that was the last thing i'm going to say but it's not um <laughs> and the the metaphorical element of it so everything you do is worship and i love what rob said you know worship is our response to god you know it's 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 and that's everything that's the values we hold it's the choices we make it the jobs that we do it's the relationships that we invest in it's everything so don't ever let anybody make you feel like the only holy place is this building on a Sunday morning everywhere you go is holy because of who you are and what you carry and um, that's worship and that's when it gets really exciting so Sunday is about equipping you to be the most whole healed best version of yourself that you can be so that you go out and show what worship looks like in the everyday boom excellent thank you that's a great place to, to, to finish with but I'm just going to ask um 
what people can do to help and what people can do to get involved in terms of the worship side of the church. Is that something for you, Lee? Yeah. Um, so we've got up here, come as you are, and I think that is the fundamental part of everything uh, we're trying to do, and it's a fundam- fundamental part of how we're going to have um, effective times of worship. So I'm guessing I'm encouraging everybody to really reflect on actually what, what can they bring? What is it that they've got? What is it that helps them? Um, and even if it's never been tried here before, one of our, the joys I have of being part of this community is we'll just give it a go, like Joe said. Um, and um, yeah, so you might just go, I've just got this one activity that I think might work. And you could just bring that to us and we'll get you to that once and you might never want to do anything again and that's absolutely fine. We're not asking you to come and commit your lives for the next 10 years. If you want to, fantastic, I'll bite your hands off. But um, it's what have you got, I think. That's the question is what can you bring and we've tried some really cool stuff and we've got plans to do more and build on stuff but it's just yeah what can you bring that would just help us to focus on God in a collective time that's our Sunday mornings is what do we bring collectively it's more about us as a whole not just us as an individual um so what can you do that you think I think this might really help and um yeah we're really looking forward to and excited to be more creative more variety spice of life they say so that'd be great (laughs) That's great. So whether it's worship in terms of sung worship and uh, musicians type worship uh, or it's other forms of worship, the offer is there for anybody to get to, to see you and to, to ask uh, how, you can, how they can help. Um, Lyndon just said to me in the break that um, at the end, uh, are we going to burst into a quartet in terms of sung worship? Um, so uh, the offer is there, but... Um... <laughs> In that case, should we move on to the notices instead? (laughs) Equally as important. Um, There are actually quite a lot of things to tell you about in terms of notices, and I'm going to direct you to the community news in a moment because there's lots going on in there. But I'm going to ask Lee, first of all, to... um, I decided that we should talk about this first rather than what we go out with because we're going to talk toilets. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying really hard to work out how to make toilets sound really exciting. Um, but you'll know that we, uh, we run a pantry out at Round Hill in Southdown. Uh, and with my other hat on, I work for the Lux Youth Project that hosts the project. If you've had the misfortune of going into the toilets, then you will be very quick to help us out. But if you haven't, if you could just imagine the worst case scenario for public toilets, um, and that is probably not far from the truth. So we've put in a bid with uh, the council to receive some of their um, levy funding. I won't bore you what that is, but basically all we need is we need a community response. And I believe that our pantry members deserve to go to a toilet and know that it's going to work and not have the fear of it flooding on them or just not flushing or all the other embarrassing scenarios you can imagine so if you could go to the community news there is a link there to make it really easy we would really really appreciate people just saying yes we need it because toilets is not sexy compared to 4g football pitches and some of the other things we're up against but our members deserve the dignity of having a decent toilet so if you could do that we would really appreciate it thank you Thanks, Lee. I might just add in that if you don't receive the community news, that's an email that we send out every Thursday. And if you want to sign up to receive that, just go to the Church Life page on our website, scroll down, you'll see a little connect form that you can fill in, tick the community news button. But if you don't want to sign up for community news, but you want to click on the link and save the toilets, um, we will be posting it on our social media accounts um, at some point, probably Tuesday or Wednesday. So have a look at Oasis Bath on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter, and that will have the link that you can click on to support, show your support for that. 
and there is so much in the community news this week that it's really worth going and having a look at because we're not going to get time to talk about all of them. But I'm going to ask John if he'll just come and tell us about the Football Micro Hub. I've bought some uh, notes because, as you might have seen from my answer, I like to waffle and I will go on for a tangent. Um, so, Monday Night Football, so we're doing it uh, from the 5th of June, 7.45. So, it's really informal. It's just basically an organised kickabout, in effect. But it would be great if people can sign up if you're interested. Um, you can be any standard. Don't worry, you don't have to be very good if you see me play. Um, particularly if you see me shoot with my right foot, or you know I'm pretty bad. So, um, so yeah, just to encourage any, it's open to everyone from secondary school age up. Um, you can sign up on Church Street or the newsletter. Again, another pointer to the newsletter. Read is you can sign up on there. Um, we're just asking for a ten pound donation to go towards some equipment to, to make it happen. Uh, and if you can sign up by tonight, that will be great. Um, just so we can know we've got enough numbers to to buy the equipment. Oh, hello, hello, Jess. No, no, so that's a good point, actually. So you don't have to commit to every week. So it's saying, you know, every Monday, but actually we just want a core group so we can make it happen. But you don't, yeah. So, you know, I'm away for a couple of weeks in the summer, so I can't make it. So, um, so yeah, you don't have to commit to every week. It's just to get your name so you can come, you know, some of the weeks. That would be great. Um, what's that? It's not for you, Jess. <laughs> Jess has signed up, so we'll, we'll, I'll put you down. Don't worry. Um, so, yeah, hopefully, uh, yeah, you'll sign up and uh, see you there. Thanks for that. That's great. Um, also in the community news, there's information about the other micro-hubs, including the Yarny micro-hub. And if you're interested in that, then Ruth, who's sitting with the yarn at the moment at the table, um, is the person to, to see with regards to that particular micro-hub. Um, next Sunday is what we call Community Sunday. So again, we do things slightly different on Community Sunday. And it's the opportunity, if you'd like to, to have a lion um, and uh, to have a, a relaxing Sunday with uh, family or friends uh, or people within your community. Or um, there's an opportunity to have have a walk together and Mike is inviting us to uh, a walk around Wick so if you'd like to join that walk uh, next Sunday for Community Sunday um, then the opportunity there again the link is in Church Suite um, and Church New the uh, Community News um, if you'd like to do that also next Sunday we have our Community Forum as well which is our gathering online um, and that's so we can we can just talk and discuss together um, the practicalities about uh, our church and celebrate together the, the uh, things that we do as church life together. Um, so that's next Sunday and I encourage you to come to that online between 8 and 9 in the evening. Um, so uh, hopefully because it's online it gives opportunity for, for more people to come to that. There is more I could say notice-wise but we're already over time so um, I invite you to go to the community news um, to find out more that's going on in our community here. I'm just going to say a quick prayer for us as we finish our time together. Loving God, thank you that we are able to come together and meet in this way and that we want to come together on a Sunday morning, um, despite the other things that we might want to do instead on a Sunday morning. Um, we come together because there's something about meeting together as community. There's something about meeting together as um, people gathered in this part of the world. And so we ask that you'll continue to guide us as a community, as a gathering of people, as to how we integrate with each other in things that we enjoy together, the things that give us life, the things that give us joy, and those areas of justice which are important and significant to us as well. And so as we go through the rest of this week, we ask that you'll be with us and that uh, line that um, Joe said about um, God being with us all through the week and not just here on a Sunday morning, just not just turning up on a Sunday morning. May that be 
significant to us this week as we engage with a God who wants to engage with every part of our lives. Amen. You're listening to a podcast from Oasis Church Bath. To find out more about us, visit our website at www.oasisbath.org.